Here's the Smart Retirement Podcast, brought to you by Smart Retirement Media. Now, here's your hosts, Matt and Jeff. Welcome back, Smart Retirees, for another great episode of the Smart Retirement Podcast. This is Matt Hollander, joined here today with my co-host, Jeff Shulam, and a special guest, Mr. Stephen Shulam. Stephen, how are you today? I'm doing great. How about you guys? We're good. Awesome. We're good. Good. <laughs> Jeff, uh, I, I think I'll probably let you spearhead this one since uh, you probably know Stephen better than most of our listeners and myself, um, but uh, just to kind of kick us off today... Uh, listeners, we're going to be talking about a little bit different of a topic. Uh, today's title is going to be Cruising into Retirement. Uh, if you love what you do, will you ever really have to retire? Um, and Jeff, let's go ahead and I'll let you kind of kick that off and, and talk to Stephen a little bit about that. Well, you know, Matt, we've been talking about the normal way of retiring for a while now. And, and, okay. it, and it is, a, you know, it, it is majority of our 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 listeners are, are it's it's applicable to them and i just want to say the normal way but i keep on thinking in the background steven you know every just as the listeners we we get together for thanksgiving every year we have a a, a brothers meeting that uh, the three of us um always talk about what we accomplished during the year and and so forth and and i think uh, a couple of years back I, I remember saying to steven you know so do you have a nest egg for your retirement? What are you going to be doing when you retire? And you just looked at me so strange <laughs> and you just <laughs> says, well, I, you know, I'm doing what I'm going to want to do when I'm going to be retiring. Well, what, I'm not going to change anything. And, and it was such an aha moment that it really hit me that, yeah, you know, some people have a definitive line between work and then the transition into retiring. And for you being in the cruise business, being in the travel industry like you are, and and getting to be gone for 80% out of the year cruising and enjoying what we inspire to do when we retire, it made me realize that, man, <laughs> you know, do I have the right profession? And, and I was very, very blessed to know that you have a great job or a career or let's talk about that is it really a job <laughs> you know you know because it does seem like they say if, if you really love what you're doing it's you know it's not really considered a job and i thought maybe this would be a great topic for the listeners to be able to uh for to get your insight on that cool yeah, so I, I just maybe we start off, you know, wh wh what is your definition of retiring? Because obviously it's different than the average person. Yeah, I, I, in my industry, we don't retire. We just don't. We just keep doing this until we drop dead. And that's just sort of the, the norm because it's just so fun and we get to travel and we're getting paid to travel, we're making money while we're traveling, and we're actually working while we travel because we're you know, doing research for our clients. So I know of one lady in Beverly Hills, she dropped dead at 92 years old and she was still working. You know, it's like we all, you know, just wanna do this because 
cruising, you know, generally attracts an older clientele. And so you just kind of fit right in as you get up there. But I try to spend as much time as I can on a cruise ship or dream about a cruise ship or sell cruise ships. So I'm definitely involved in that whole thing. And it doesn't feel like work. Like you said, it just feels like I'm waking up today and what am I going to do up selling another cruise or putting a deposit down on something and then looking forward to my next adventure. So it, 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 it's a pretty cool job. I, I can't, I can't even tell you what I would do if I did retire. I I don't think I would be a happy camper. Right. Yeah. That's, that's so awesome. Matt, it looked like you had a question. I do. So Stephen, how long have you been in the, in the travel industry? So I'm in year 32. Uh, I don't know if you could count last year as in the industry. I was more in the cancellation business last year. (laughs) Uh, I basically didn't have anyone traveling last year except the, in the very beginning. So yeah, it's been a very, very rough 18 months. And just now, like in the last few weeks, cruising has come back. So it stopped in March, 2020. And now we're in, August of 2021. So that's a long vacation for people to be working. But sadly, I worked harder last year than ever before because canceling $7 million for the trips takes a lot of work. So it's, wow. it's been, uh, it's been pretty rough, but we're, we're getting did- back into it and cruising is really strong. People are, have big, big, big plans of getting back on the ships and the cruise lines are, they have a long ways to go to make up for their lost revenue, but they're they're going to have some banner years ahead of them. They really are. So being that you're in the in, mainly dealing with cruises and things, uh, now that things are starting to pick back up, are you seeing that, you know, the, the companies are having less occupancy on the ships or are they just packing them in there? What's kind of the what's the feel that you're getting and, and what you're seeing out there? So I focus on the high end of the market. So I'm selling Regent, Seaborn, Silver Sea, Oceana. You know, I'm not doing those, you know, the mass market ships with thousands and thousands of people. So I can only really comment on what's going on in the luxury end. And I would say some of them are basically sold out and some are having a little trouble, you know, completely filling the ships. one cruise line in particular, Regent Seven Seas, they opened up the books for the 2024 World Cruise, and it sold out in three hours. So the demand is just huge. These long cruises, which I do a lot of, these world cruises, they're, they're on fire. People want to be on the ship for months, and they've worked their whole life to retire and it's been their dream to get on a big ship. I'm sorry, on a long voyage. And you got to book those years ahead of time. Hmm. Yeah. Just hope so, your health and everything else stays where it needs to be, to be able to enjoy That's why it, right? you shouldn't be waiting till you retire to cruise. <laughs> <laughs> you know, people wait till they retire to go to Alaska. I'm like, no, Alaska is an adventure destination. You know, you, you're hiking and kayaking and doing all the stuff. If you wait till you retire, you're just going to be waving from the side of the boat to see everything. I mean, you got to go young. So uh, it's interesting that people in their mind think they have to wait to retire to cruise. That's not true at all. You really, you got to do it much younger. 
Yeah, I mean, I, I've been cruising since I was a little kid. My grandma used to take us, and I've kind of continued it as, as I've gotten older. Uh, I enjoy it. You know, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I meet a lot of fun people on the boats usually. Um, you know, so it just kind of depends Absolutely. on what your budget is and what you can afford and how nice you exactly. want to nice yeah. treat yourself, right? So yeah, that's cool. Uh, you know, Jeff and I talk about that a lot on this show is uh, our little mini retirement vacations, pre-retirement vacations. Mm. And, you know, just trying to uh, find a balance in that in that work life. So you're not just working all your life and then trying to go and enjoy some of these cruises and things, uh, you know, at, at retirement when you don't necessarily have the health. I mean, I imagine right. you know, these world cruises that you're talking about where you're gone, gone months at a time, you're, you're visiting, what, six, seven of the continents and you're gone for three, four months. I, mean, yep. I imagine that's probably pretty difficult for for somebody that you know is an employee, maybe not a, a large a CEO for a large company that maybe they can work remotely. I would imagine right. these ships all have Wi-Fi and things. So, <laughs> yep, they definitely do. You know, depending yep. on where you're at in the ocean. So, and there were def there were young families on the world cruise when I was on last year. Uh, you know, they brought their kids, they took them out of school, and they were homeschooling them. They thought this is way better than sitting in a classroom all day long, why don't I show you the world? So you, you definitely get all walks of life. But I will tell you that for sure, the average age on a world cruise is between 70 and death. So it, <laughs> it, definitely, uh, it, it definitely gets an older clientele. I've heard that so many times and I still laugh. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe when we get back from the, our, our break, uh, we can talk further about, you know, the cruising life and, and these mini vacations. And I, I love that the fact that some of these cruise lines have something more adventurous because, you know, we definitely talk about, you know, if you ever, someone has a budget, a bucket list that might require some kind of adventurous or strenuous or, you know, something that, physically they might not be able to do or might not have the guts to do when they retire, you know, maybe they need to take, do those kind of things earlier in their life. And then maybe cruise might be the, a good solution for that. So. Absolutely. Yeah. So cool. let's do that. Let's go ahead and take a quick break. And uh, when we come back, back, we'll, uh, we'll jump right into that. So listeners stick around. Great. We'll be right back after this short break. It's been a roller coaster of a start to the new decade. From the pandemic to the election, record low interest rates, a wild market, home prices that seem to have no ceiling, it leaves us asking what's next? Can the economy and the market continue to grow? What will this past election do to my investments? Is it time to sell my home before the market adjusts to downsize? How can I best maneuver to maximize return? The answer is simple. It never hurts to get a second opinion. From a team like Century Financial Consultants, with over 40 years of financial planning experience, Get a free income analysis from Century Financial Consultants today to see where you stand and if you're ready for any changes we may face in the coming year. Give Century Financial Consultants a call today at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Prepare for an uncertain tomorrow so you can relax and enjoy today. Get a free income analysis from Century Financial Consultants at 866-53-RETIRE. That's 866-53-RETIRE. Century Financial Consultants, California license number 0L23991 and 017. Five, 
Welcome back, smart retirees, from that short break. Um, Jeff, I know you and I talk about this a lot, just on a personal level, but how much we enjoy cruising and how much we enjoy vacationing. And you know, I'm so glad that you were able to bring one of the uh, industry experts, Mr. Uh, Stephen Shulam, here with us today to speak a little bit more on that. But Jeff, I mean, during the break, you and I were talking with Stephen a little bit um, as far as some of the benefits that we see in cruising and you know, mentally, whatever it may be. Um, Jeff, what are some of the things that you, you see as far as cruising and benefits? And then we'll kind of pass the mic over to Steven. Well, one of the big uh, aha moments came, it's, it's happened to me twice where I've done a lot of traveling on a, in a car, uh, putting 1200 miles on one trip through Croatia another like 1800 miles through Italy. And the, the, the daily or every other day, the schlepping of the luggage and the, the, packing and the unpacking and it, you know even in some places in Croatia the 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 buildings the hotels are so old they don't even have places for parking right they don't even have a place for a car right so when you pull up to the hotel you're you're going up on the curb right because they, they they're so old right and the, the the hassles associated with that whereas uh, I think after one of those trips I wound up talking to Stephen about uh, the love and now additional appreciation for cruising because you basically um, are on a first class ship and you have great food and great company and great entertainment and then the, and every morning you wake up in a different port and you go on these little excursions and you don't have to worry about packing and unpacking and the traveling aspect of it and uh, for for some, I think that 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 might make sense, and I I I, I definitely would now want to do that more than the getting in the car and just traveling part because that could be stressful. And by the way, I think I only got six tickets when I was in Italy, <laughs> and then you don't about tickets either. <laughs> was it because the money you saved? Or <laughs> yeah, they have these speed traps and. Of course, they're in uh, Italian, so you don't know when they're you know <laughs> you don't know when they're coming until the light hit goes off, you know. <laughs> so and you're like, oops. <laughs> so maybe Stephen, if you can talk about some of the other benefits of, of cruising uh, versus just traveling like a normal person like me, um, that would be helpful. I think some of the biggest is some of the highlights that you said. You're on a cruise for thirty days, and you're going to get to six different countries and 24 different ports. And if it, if it's a hot day or a rainy day and you just don't feel like going out or you're not feeling well, or you're just wanting to spend more time or less time, everything can be adjusted. There are times when you can get off a ship on Monday and then not even come back till Thursday if you wanted to like overnight to go to let's say Anchor Water or something in Cambodia. So if you don't have, people say, oh, I don't wanna go on a cruise because it's such a short amount of time in the ports. But sometimes in many ports, that's all you need. Other times, cruise lines, it's become much more popular to, for them to overnight in ports because people do wanna spend more time in the big cities, Hong Kong, Paris, London, things like that. So cruising has adjusted to the, the needs and wants of people, but it, it's good to know that if you're traveling with somebody, maybe you're the fast one, maybe your spouse is the slow one, you could take things at your own pace. You could one could go on a bus city tour with 
no walking and then and and your partner could go on a monster hike and you come back at dinner and you talk about your day so it's a great way to explore cities in two different physical endurance levels which is very common in older couples um and uh, so that's that's one of my things that I love about that. And then you tapped on the food. You know, the food on the ships are great, but sometimes it can get a little monotonous. But when you're overnighting in a port, I make a big deal about getting off the ship and having dinner off the ship. So you can really experience the culture of the city by eating off the ship. So I do a lot of research before and make sure that I get to a lot of great restaurants. And if they're not overnighting, then maybe we have lunch off the ship. Maybe we do a foodie walking tour and we hire a guide that's going to take us to seven different restaurants and you get a taste of the food in Hungary in one day. So there's so many different ways to explore. But when you have only 10 hours a day in a port, you make the best of it. And you're going to spend the time beforehand to research or buy a shore excursion or hire a car and driver or hire a private guide. So even though the days are might be short, they're intense and you really get, you might see more in 10 hours than some people see in three or four days. So it's a great way to see, to really indulge in the different countries. And I know for a fact what you were saying, uh, I know I've been on a, let's call it a, a lower end cruise line that it was more about their maybe final destination and how quickly they can get there than it was the the patrons you know ability to really experience that city you know for example i think i was taking a cruise down to acapulco and we come into port in like puerto vallarta at 10 o'clock in the morning and we had to be back on the on the ship by three and they're expecting us to go party on the, you know, with tequila on the, on, you know, at the <laughs> at senior frogs at 11 o'clock in the morning. It, it's just, it, right. it, it, does, it didn't match the, the, the community, the city that you were in with the right. fun that you're supposed to have in that particular city. Whereas on yeah. some of the higher end cruises, I know when there was a casino in the port, you know, we didn't have to be back on the ship until 3 a.m. in the morning. You know, they, they stayed there purposely so you can experience the nightlife there. So yeah. it, it will depend on the cruise lines to a certain yeah. degree, I would think. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty cool. And then, of course, if you're more of a have simpler taste in your dining adventure series you can eat on the ship every night and they're very good about trying to change up the menus alternate dining rooms are really popular now there's going to be a chinese restaurant a brazilian steakhouse a japanese restaurant uh they've tried to mix it up enough so that you don't get bored you know with the food on the ship i remember on one Maybe of the lines we were on yeah. there was a nobu yeah you know so. Yeah. so that's what that's kind of the new thing now is that they're really trying to give a lot of choices for people. That's that's the buzzword is, you know, a lot of choices. And it, and it seems to be very successful. Do you remember the the one experience that we had with one of your, your clients where he wanted to have dinner on his penthouse deck, you know, for his birthday and he wanted them to cater him on the deck, 
you know, yep. for his birthday and how much of a hassle that was, but he was able to accomplish that, you know? I mean, that's pretty special. Yep, 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 yep. I do remember that. So there, that's the beauty also about cruising is the service level is at a 10. And there's rarely are you going to hear them say no. They're going to figure out a way to make you guys happy. Well, and that was a special cruise, too, in the sense that we were in the Baltic Sea and we were having dinner at 10 o'clock at night and the sun didn't set yet. The sun didn't set until like midnight. And it was just right. It was just magical evening you know to be able to have dinner out on the deck you know yeah no question yeah that was great that was great you mentioned something (laughs) about the the excursions on the the trip what what are those like and 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 you said something about hiring a private driver yeah so you got all all levels many people they just want to walk off the ship and check out the city on their own Maybe they've been there before. Maybe they have a friend that's going to wait, waiting for them. Maybe they don't really want to do anything, but just go to a cafe and have a coffee and a, a, a wiener schnitzel and come back on the ship. So you got, that's kind of like the, the lowest level. And then you've got now group shore excursions where the cruise line or private companies are offering a bus full of, you know, 25 people. And we're going to go to, XYZ and then followed by ZEX and then followed by ABC. And maybe that's a $49 tour. It's a nice way to see the day, but you're with everyone else. But the ultimate really is something called private car and driver, where you've got a guy waiting for you with a sign, Mr. and Mrs. Shulam, you know, standing at the bottom of the gangplank, and he's going to take you on a private tour throughout the day. Maybe that's going to cost you a thousand bucks, but you've got everything catered to exactly what you want you're into organs and he's going to take you to the biggest organ player concert in you know in this big church or something or you're into porsches and he's going to take you to a private porsche uh uh factory or not a factory but somebody's private collection in their garage you know so these are the kind of things that you can do when you have a great travel agent who might know somebody that knows somebody that's going to get you to do the kind of things in the port of call where you come back on that ship and you're just blown away by the quality and the uh, 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 of what you saw that day. So it takes a lot of time. That's why you need a good travel agent. But doing those type of things are really fantastic. I'm a big fan of walking tours. So I like to hire a guide and I really don't want to be in a car and I just want somebody to walk me around and it might be six hours of walking and I don't care. Uh, but that to me, I feel like you could really get to know by walking through people's gardens, their backyards, the little alleys, the little, they see the street art, things like that. I love kind of getting immersed in a city by walking through it. I remember hiring one of those guys in Budapest. And when she came to meet me, I was a little taken back. She was like 95 years old (laughs) and she drive, she drove like crazy like she was like a formula one driver right right but it sure enough because she was so old (laughs) she lived through world war one world war two and she had such great (laughs) stories to tell about the city exactly you know and she knew all the great places to go and oh my god it it was she was crazy but it was a lot of fun yeah a lot of fun that's cool yeah yeah you know it, it hit me though that I know that 
that cruising gives you a little little bit of taste of all these different ports and cities on the cruise. And I kind of like that in the sense that you know now later in life that you might want to or not want to go to that city in the future, right? So it does give mm -hmm. you a little bit of a taste. Like I know Copenhagen, for example, is it was just one of those places that I would want to go back because of we we only spent a couple of days there, but I know that I want to go back, right? And and right. so um, you know that's another I think benefit to being able to do that. But and I, and I kind of like what you were saying also because we talked about this in the past where when you do want to take these mini vacations, you want to do them with some kind of purpose, uh, not to just go there and not have a purpose. Like to me, I keep on talking about wanting to go to Argentina to experience Patagonia, the food, and learn the tango. You know, if you're gonna go there, go there with something that might keep you around there and, and, and entertained every day because waking up every day with not a purpose could get boring if, if you wanna have an extended vacation there. Maybe you can talk about that a little bit. I know you recently was, fortunate to get stuck in Australia for a while. And, you know, you, you, you know, actually, you know, you were kind of forced to do it because of getting off a cruise because of COVID. But at the same time, you wound up staying there for a reason. What was that reason? And, and what was your purpose every day when you woke up every day? Well, I, oh, I really thought I was only going to stay in Australia for a couple of weeks until the coronavirus blew over. And then I thought maybe a couple of months. No way did I still think today, uh, what has it been, 18 months, it would still be going on. But I last year was a kind of a you know, sad year because I had to cancel so much business. And I just jokingly said to everyone, well, if I'm going to be broke, I might as well be happy. And so <laughs> I, lo I loved Australia. There was, we were COVID free for 10 months. We had so many gorgeous places to see. I had three really fabulous friends. And my purpose was really to stay, you know, alive, because I was afraid if I'd come back to the United States before the vaccine that I could die. And I just love the idea of uh, being in a country where there was no COVID, relatively inexpensive, and uh, and beautiful weather, you know, Perth, where I spent the first year, has Southern California weather. And if I wanted to retire somewhere and still have this dream of gorgeous weather, there are other places besides Southern California that have, you know, 72 and sunny year round. And one of them is Perth. Who knew? So mild summers, mild winters. And I spent, you know, a year in that city. And I just never wanted to leave because the weather was so great and beautiful beaches and great seriously great food. So to me, it was just more of getting to know a different country and, and enjoying all the sights there. It's a big country and probably the most spectacular scenery I've ever seen in my life. Mm. It is pretty cool. Even though it's a desert, there's more to life than kangaroos and dry weather. Well, that's what people think, but I right. mean, you, it, it was very lush rainforest, I mean, great hikes, great walks, great wine, great. It's 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 a stunning country. It really is. That's great. Yeah, yeah, huh. yeah. I'm looking forward to getting down to Australia one of these days. Uh, I've yeah. done New Zealand and I've done Fiji. 
we just yeah. didn't have the time to, to make the stop in Australia because I know you need yeah. at least a week or two there to really be able to kind of minimum. Yeah. yeah. If not a month. Minimum. Yeah. Cool. Hmm. Um, Stephen, can you give us an idea for our listeners if they're planning on cruising, you know, what we talk about planning on the, on this show a lot. And, you know, if this is a goal of somebody's set the goal and if they're, if they're trying to attain that what kind of pricing are we talking about? I mean, maybe going from like the low, low end to maybe these really luxurious five-star type of type of trips. Right. Yeah. I'm not too familiar on the low ends, but I'm pretty sure you could still get on these cruises for a week for, you know, $1,100 a person, you know, but you're going to pay double that by the time you get off the ship because of, you know, it's basically nothing included except the food. Uh, Whereas I focus more on the high end where things could be like shore excursions included, gratuities included, wine, liquor, and soft drinks included, even possibly business class air included. But again, I'm not telling you that stuff is free. You're paying for it. But at least you know up front that for $7,000 per person per week, you're going to Europe and you're going to walk off the ship and you're done. You're like, you're not going to have a big bill, you know, waiting for you from shore excursions and things. So if you planned on a thousand to $2,000 a day on the high end cruises, you, it, it, you'd be covering it all. Um, per person. world cruises that I sell most. Yeah. No, yeah. The, the world cruises that I sell, uh, there are some cruise lines that are doing world cruises starting as low as 30,000, but most people are going to spend in the 50 to 75,000 a person. And I've got clients that do penthouse suites that are 150,000 a person. Everyone is going to be vastly different because some world cruises are 90 days and some are 120 days and some are 180 days, you know? So it just all depends on how many days, uh, you just got to, look at yourself and say, what parts of the world do I want to see? Is it, is it, is my goal to really circumnavigate the world? Is my goal to focus on Asia? Do I want to do something that focuses on Europe? Do I care that the shore excursions are included? Maybe I'm, I'm not going to use the shore excursions. Do I care that business class is included? Maybe I don't care flying coach, or maybe you don't need to fly at all because you're round trip Los Angeles and you can basically circumnavigate the world and never get on a flight. So all those are different, but, but, the biggie that people really have to think about, if you already got this plan, I'm going to retire in 2025, then you got to start thinking about it in 2022 if you're going to do a world cruise. If it's like, like, I want to go on a world cruise when I retire, you don't retire and then call your travel agent. You don't say, I'm going to retire in 2025 and then think about it in 2024. These world cruises sell out two to three years ahead of time. And I'm talking chock full sellout, not like kind of sellout. There's like long waiting lists. So it's good to know that if you're gonna, if you're a person that's got a retirement date, you gotta book way ahead of time. And if you're not sure that 120 days is good, start with a 14 day cruise to Europe, do something simple. You know, then say to yourself, oh, I really like this. And then if you book the world cruise on the ship, there's usually additional savings. But yeah, I wouldn't make your first cruise ever a world cruise, although it's been done. You probably want to make sure that it's something that's going to feel good for you. And it's it's really something. I mean, how cool is that to not only know that you're ending your career, 
on a certain date, but you're going to start a new adventure maybe that year. So you got sort of two really big things to look forward to. So since so many more, since all the baby boomers seem to be retiring soon, that's why I think cruising is just gone through the roof. Cause as we know, there's just a gazillion baby boomers out there and they all love the idea of getting on a long voyage as sort of their gift after working at a company for a long time. I remember you talking about one of your clients that was a widow and she would always ask for the penthouse suite on a particular line and so forth. And you had said something about at least she, because she was a widow and, and maybe didn't have a lot of close friends and, and so forth, at least she knew for six months out of the year that she was going to be on a cruise ship. It, it gave her a purpose and it gave her a, a place to be and that that was really important to her. And I, and I think that that, a lot of the listeners might be able to resonate with that because a lot of people, you know, it's hard to transition into retirement, not knowing, okay, I've, I've worked 10 hours a day for so many years. Now what, what do I do? You know, and maybe having something like that, something specific to do would, would be a relief for some of them, but yeah. Yeah. Um, on what, what's typical as far as getting back to the planning how much is usually required down uh, for a cruise? Uh, every cruise is a little different, but anywhere between 10% down and 25% down. Generally, it's refundable up until a certain amount. There might be a small administrative fee. Some of the cruise lines, if you're going to do a big suite, the deposit might be refundable. I'm sorry, be non-refundable. So they all have different... Um, terms and conditions, but generally anywhere between 10 and 25% is the deposit needed. Sounds good. So Jeff, are you, are you saying it's kind of like a layaway thing? You can make a deposit and then, you know, if it's three years out, you can be making payments towards it while you're getting closer to it. Is that kind of what you're referring to? Yeah. And just when it comes to the planning aspect of it, what to expect. Right. Right. Got it. Okay. That's and, interesting. And maybe, um, you know, as far as, uh, planning on, you know, how to, how to pay for it. You know, maybe there's a, a stock to be purchased, uh, Stephen, that you might be able to share with us in, in the cruise industry that <laughs> might be uh, making, <laughs> make some money you know, off of this cruise ship stock so that you can afford going on a cruise 20, you know, yeah, three years uh, sadly later. With, yeah. Sadly with COVID, I don't think the stocks on the cruise lines are doing too well. Uh, but, but, th yeah. but three years uh, from now, yeah, you, you you never know. You absolutely never know. But yeah, that could be a, a a good way. If you are a stockholder on the cruise lines, they usually do give you like a little bit of a discount or something. Oh. So they actually, you know, but it's nominal. It's you know, a few hundred bucks, you know. So I wouldn't buy the stock just to save a little bit of money on a cruise. But uh, I'm not sure if cruising stocks are the way to go. I do have a little bit of stock in cruising, but I, 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 I yeah, that, that would be a tough one. Uh, I don't know if you'd get, I don't know how, how, how well they would do, you know, long-term. Got it. All right. Yeah. Excellent. Uh, Steven, if uh, the listeners wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit more and, and look into booking one of these, um, why don't you give the listeners your company name and how to get hold of you? Sure. So my company's called Strictly Vacations. We're based in Santa Barbara. We've been there for 32 years. And the number is 
447-2364. And if you wanted to send me an email, it would be uh, steve at strictlyvacations.com. And I'd love to chat with anyone if they just even have some general questions about cruising. But you definitely want to go with a travel agent. If it's not me, there's 32,000 other travel agents. But there's definitely going to be some perks by going through a, a travel agent, especially if it's going to be an intense, long uh, cruise. Awesome. Very good. Jeff, anything you'd like to add? I think that's it. I appreciate cool. you coming on, Stephen. That was a lot of fun. No problem. Anything yeah. for my big brother. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate that. Thanks All again, right. Stephen. And uh, sure. listeners, we'll also post any of uh, Stephen's contact information uh, in the bio list listed here on the on the show. So let's go out and make sure. the rest of our lives the best of our lives. Thanks for tuning in. The opinions voiced in this podcast are for general information only and are not intended to provide or construed as providing specific investment advice. Any economic forecast set forth in this podcast may not develop as predicted, and there can be no guarantee the strategies promoted will be successful. All performance reference is historical and is no guarantee of future results. Investing involves risks, including the potential loss of principal. No investment strategy or risk management technique can guarantee return or eliminate risk in all market environments. Thanks for tuning into this podcast. California license number 0175638 and MLS number 1246224.